0: Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus named disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Amen and amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of Luke, and hopefully you've brought your Bibles with you. If you have your Bibles, say amen. All right, we got a few that brought their Bibles. If you don't have a physical Bible, if you, you can open up your digital Bible. If you have a digital Bible, say amen. There we go. <laughs> Luke chapter 17 and verse 12 is where I will begin. And uh, hope to speak to you as I always try to do from my heart, and just to give you what, what God has placed onto me. And you have to understand something about when a preacher preaches, that he preaches to himself first. You hear that? So, you know, just know that I'm preaching to me, and then I'm preaching to you, and all for the edification of the body of Christ. Not to uh, do anything to offend anyone, not that I believe I'll say anything that would, but that's not the intent. The intent is that we would draw closer to God and that we would love the word of God so much that we would just respond, not to the preacher, but to respond to the word of God. Amen. Luke 17 and verse 12 through 19, Uh, and before we read that, I do want to give honor to all of our veterans who have passed, those who even have been in this church, they've gone to be with the Lord. And I give honor to those who are currently serving or those who have served and are part of this church. We give you honor this morning. Praise God. Luke 17. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him, everybody say ten men, that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, shew yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody say they were all cleansed. Everyone say they all received a miracle. And one of them, everybody say one of them. When he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. everybody say he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there, were there not ten cleansed? He says, Hey, where's the other nine at? Didn't I cleanse ten of them? But where are the nine? Everybody say, Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Now, I won't go into detail a lot today, but you have to understand the difference between a Jew and a Samaritan. Samaritans were considered strangers. They were considered the ones that they they did not associate together. You'll recall that one story where Jesus, he must needs go through Samaria. Remember that, where he went by the fountain there and touched the Samaritan woman? And all the uh, the disciples are like, what are you doing? You don't need to go. We go this direction. So here we find another Samaritan, a stranger according to the word of God. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. We look at that word whole. It means complete. What was once decayed from leprosy was now made whole. Fingers begin to grow back. Toes began to grow back. Patches in his arm that were decayed of this leprosy began to come back, according to that word whole. The other nine received a healing of leprosy. They could go back and be with everyone else. They were no longer taken aside, but the one was made complete, was made whole. Amen. I want to speak to us today, where where are the nine? Amen. Could you put down your Bibles? And let's sincerely and fervently close our eyes, lift our heads up toward heaven, and pray today. As Brother Caldwell, you would lead us, let's join in, church. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you. Your precious holiday, God, and give you the thanks and the praise the and the glory and the honor that you are going to do even so in our midst Open today. Our ears, today. Hallelujah, our Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Thank you, Amen. Turn to your, behind you and say, Where are the nine? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing so long. You may be seated. You may be seated, but you may not fall asleep. If you fall asleep, I'm going to call you out today. <laughs> if you fall asleep, you need to go stand up. Amen. That's what they said in school. should be no less for the presence of God. Amen. I'm, I'm just as tired as everyone else today. Probably, but uh, I'm, gonna, I'm up here, I'm going to do my best, so pray for me. <laughs> we all probably know, but leprosy was a fatal disease that literally terrified the people of ancient times. thought about showing some pictures of leprosy, uh, but I, I figured I wouldn't do that because um, it's pretty gnarly, some of the things that leprosy would do. It appeared in various forms of stages of infection, but Once it became malignant, it was a terminal and debilitating condition. And at this stage, the skin turned white and became numb and they began to erupt in nodules and ulcers and the limbs would swell and the hands and the feet would become disordered and the bones and eternal organs would be affected as this disease spread throughout the body and uh, gangrene usually resulted uh, from this condition and, and leprosy was called serat by the Jews meaning a smiting or a scourge. And there was no way to really deal with infectious leprosy in ancient times other than to literally separate the sufferers from the general population and the Bible referred to it outside of the camp. They literally were pulled from families. They literally were pulled... From civilization. They were literally pulled into a completely different area, no longer to associate, no longer to go to parties, no longer to go to Sister Mary Ann's house for good Mexican food. They had to be separated from the camp. All right? As this uh, disease progressed, more and more damage was done to the body by the sufferer themselves as their sense of pain became deadened they began. What was once pain, they could no longer feel that pain. The fingers that they used to be able to feel was no longer feeling pain because the finger wasn't there anymore. And as you began to see pictures of these of these people, you you can just imagine someone who is skinny, who is uh, very frail, someone who has uh, a skin condition, red red scars and red uh, ulcers all over their bodies and their lid. I saw some pictures where their toes were just just half inch long and and at the end of their toe it was scarred and and it was just so debilitating its the condition this condition of leprosy and leprosy in scripture is always regarded as a type of sin <coughs> Leviticus 14 and 2 said, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. Of the day of his cleansing, he would be brought unto the priest. It appears that the law of Moses regarding the cleansing of leprous individuals in Leviticus 13 and 14 had never been used before in Jewish histories. Yes, Naaman was healed of leprosy in 2 Kings 5, but he was not Jewish. But suddenly, many lepers began to come to the priest asking for cleansing. Say, hey, can we come back into the camp? And the priests have to dust off this ancient scrolls to relearn a ceremony they had never used before. And I began to ask, why is this? Why would they have to brush it off and and really understand what that ceremony looked like? And it was simply because God was walking among men. And when God begins to walk among men, miracles begin to happen. When God is in the house, uh, leprosy is nothing of a condition that God cannot handle. Well, we're not talking about leprosy this morning as it relates to us today in this congregation. But can I tell you that if God can heal leprosy, He can heal any condition or disease. In fact, I will tell you today, there is simply nothing that God cannot do. There is no sin that God did not die for. He died on that cross of Calvary and He can wash and cleanse us and purify us. If we desire to live for God, if we have a repented heart, we have repented of our sin, we're sorry for those things in which we have done, and we seek and desire to walk after God and to live a holy and separated and righteous life, God is willing to forgive us. There is nothing in this sanctuary, nothing in this service that God cannot take care of in just one split of a second. There's nothing too hard for God. I know that Hollywood has made fun of it. I know that there are churches that no longer really pray and lay hands on the sick. But the scripture tells us to call on the elders of the church and they will lay hands on the sick and that they will recover. This is a church that believes in miracles. This is a church that believes in healing. Why? Because we are a Bible-based church. And God was walking among the men. And all ten lepers, they received a miraculous healing. Miraculously, they were healed. And they had to go before the priest. <coughs> but only one we read returns to thank Jesus. And the Bible makes a point to tell us that he was a Samaritan. I I always have this perspective that if the Bible says something specific about someone's culture or how they look or their appearance or their history, then it matters. Every word in the Bible matters. And so it was very specific when it said that this one leper was a Samaritan. Now, sometimes it doesn't tell us that this person over here was white or black or yellow or brown or gray or or that they they were skinny or if they were bigger or if they were smart. It doesn't give us some of these details because literally some of those details don't matter. But in this case, it matters. He was very specific to tell us that he was a Samaritan and that he was a stranger. Nine of them were Jews, but one was a Samaritan. And the nine Jews knew more. The nine Jews knew who he was. The nine Jews did less. I think it's interesting that sometimes those who know more worship less. But you get somebody who doesn't know God. Someone who has never been delivered of a healing or a miracle or of sin. They come into a house of God and they can't help themselves but to shout they can't help themselves but to worship and then we got those uh, of us that know a lot about God we've served God all of our life we just consider ourselves uh, we know a little bit about scripture but it's hard for us to even lift our hands it's hard for us to, to even be able to stand a preacher preaching for an hour. It's hard for us to really hear the Word of God and to apply it to our lives. But you get someone who has never heard the Word of God and they say, hey, when can we get some more preaching? In fact, Brother Kyle came to me just last week and he said, hey, would it be possible if we could have like a Bible study night? I'm going to tell you what it is because there's something inside of him that is burning and yearning to learn more about the Word of God. What can I do to be saved? What must I do to stay saved there? there's something in our hearts that begins to dim when we begin to know more. And that is not the will of God. It is not the will of God that the saints of God be the ones that are looking at the one Samaritan going to the altar of prayer and crossing our hands and saying, Huh, I wish the power of God. I don't feel the power of God. I I don't feel the anointing in that song. I I don't feel the Holy Ghost in this message. But you got that one who they've never heard it before. They've never heard about the saving power of God. They've never heard that there was a Jesus that went to a cross on Calvary and shed and died in his life for our sins they never heard of such a thing as a miracle or a healing they've never seen it with their eyes they, healing and, and miracles is just a fable to them it's just something that they hear and they kind of have this kind of weird feeling about it because it's always made fun of or it's always kind of politicized or it's kind of uh, faked but when they step into an authentic genuine move of God there's something inside of their spirit that changes and what was familiar to us is new to them and They can't get enough of it. That's why we have a few in the altar and several in the pews because we're familiar with the presence and the moving of God. That's right. God help us. God help us. They knew more, but they did less. It should have been those Jewish lepers that praised God. It should have been if anybody was going to come to Jesus and thank Him for the healing. It should have been the Jews. It should have been the ones that have served him, that knew the word of God, that knew all of the laws of God. And it's the same that can be said to us here today. Those of you that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized in His name and and you have served God, it ought to be us that is first to lift our hands. It ought to be us at the altar of prayer. It ought to be us leading in pre-service prayer. It ought not be, it ought not be that those that know less or those that have a less experience, if you will, are the first ones to worship, the first ones to praise. Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? The Jews had been abundantly blessed. Israel had been chosen from all the nations of the world so that they could worship the one true God. It was the Jews that had that privilege. It was the Jews That had the privilege to be different than other people in their lifestyle. It was the Jews that had the privilege to be distinguished by their particular and peculiar laws and their statutes and their observances and their diet and their conversation. It was the Jews that had this opportunity. Yet the nine Jews could no longer be found when it came to praise God. They said, man, we got a healing. We're going to go have a party. But that one Samaritan said, I gotta take just a moment and praise God. Because if it had not been for Jesus, I would not receive my healing, and you got to understand something. This Samaritan leper didn't come to God expecting to be made whole. I don't believe that at all. I believe he came just thanking Him, Lord. Thank you for what You've done. Thank you for healing me. I've got I've got some kids over there in that camp that I've not seen in in decades of years. I've got a wife over there that I've not been able to hug or kiss in decades. So thank you, God, for this healing that I may be made cleansed, that I can go and I can I can go home to my babies to. uh, and I can play games with them uh, and I can uh, rub them to sleep or I can tell them a bed night story thank you God but the nine saved people if you will the nine people who had the experience uh, the nine Jews uh, that knew a little bit more than the Samaritan or a whole lot more than the Samaritan can no longer be found what do we miss out on because we forget, or neglect praise and worship to God. What miracle do we tie God's hand on because we choose not to worship and praise God? God gave the Jews a tabernacle where they could offer sacrifices and and celebrate feasts and festivals and where His own Shekinah glory could dwell among them. He led them through the wilderness, to the promised land. It was the Jews that God cast out all their enemies before them and miraculously providing food for them. It was the Jews that saw the miracles of God. And they were familiar with it. They were comfortable with it. And and you know what? They didn't have the, the, the spirit that said, thank you. Even a Jew with leprosy in that day was blessed beyond measure. And a Jew healed of leprosy should have been a fanatical worshiper. You hear me today. Any Jew should have been a worshiper of God. But a Jew to receive a healing of leprosy should have been a fanatical worshiper. And I've come to preach to some people who are saved this morning. That we ought to be fanatical worshippers. We ought to be fanatical worshippers. There ought to be no question about what God has done for your life. When somebody comes to this church, they ought to say, My God, something's happened to them. There's something different about them. I feel something different upon their life. I don't know what God's done for them. But it's clear that God saved them from something. It ought not be that they out-worship, that they out-praise. Hey, we ought to usher them into the presence of God. We ought to usher them into the presence of God. It ought to be the apostolic Pentecostals that worships and pray because you've been blood bought, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. There's some here that receive miracles and healings. How easily we forget the miracles of God. How easy we forget what God has done for us. Come in on a Sunday morning. I'm preaching about where are the nine. And I'm preaching to myself first. But we come in on a Sunday morning and we we begin to pray. And maybe maybe we pray. We got a few in the altar, and, and I appreciate those who come early for pre-service prayer. I honor you. I give you double honor because it is you, the reason why that we have the presence of God. You're a part of why the presence of God is here in such a strong and mighty way. And I give honor to every prayer warrior in this place, and I give honor to all of our worshipers. But we come into a, a Sunday morning service like today, and and we kind of just kind of drag in a little bit because we're tired and we had a long week. And and uh, there are some, a couple here that Brother Gistle's not here. It's just tellers here that that they were kind of uh, put through the ringer at at kids camp junior camp and and you know what if anybody has an excuse not to be here it'd probably be them but they're still here thank god there's some of you you've had a long week at work you've had some some crazy things happen and you probably have a lot a really good excuse perhaps not to be here but you're here anyhow but we come into the presence of god and 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 we kind of just My God is awesome. 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 My God, has He done anything for you? Is He not worthy of the praise? All right, I'm looking for the nine today. I realize we may not have all nine come, but I'm calling for the nine this morning that you know what? You know what God's done for you. You know what God's brought you from. And you know what? Sometimes you got to... Sometimes you gotta shake this old flesh and you say, get thee behind me, Satan. I've been blood-bought. I've been saved out of prison. I've been saved out of sin. I've been saved out of alcohol. I've been saved from drugs. My family was healed. And so I will give the Lord the praise that he is worthy of. I will glorify him. Come on, somebody lift your hands right now and love him. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. God, God has given us such a great privilege to even be in the presence of the Lord. If you know Jesus, if you know His power, If you know about the Holy Ghost if you know that there is power in the name of Jesus if you know that there is repentance and salvation in no other name except the name of Jesus if you know this salvation and this gospel plan friend there ought not be a service that you miss friend there ought not be a time where you don't come into the presence of God and throw your hands up there ought not be a time where you don't have a little leap in your step why because I've been abundantly blessed by God apostolic Pentecostals people who know the name of Jesus and have been have repented of their sins you've been baptized in Jesus name you've been filled with the Holy Ghost can I tell you we are some among the blessed, best blessed people ever now we may not have the biggest bank accounts physically but we got the biggest bank account spiritually. Not that we're better than anybody else because we are not. But I thank God that we've had the opportunity to have the revelation of one God. The revelation of Jesus' name baptism. The revelation of Holy Ghost and filling with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. I thank God that we had the revelation that we are to be separated. I thank God that we have the revelation that God has called us to be holy. And so can I just preach? Can I just preach to those of us that the nine, can I preach to the nine today and tell you that if you have what I just described, then I'm telling you, you have no excuse to sit down on God. But I'm asking you today, where are the nine? Where are the nine when God heals? Where are the nine when God fills little James with the Holy Ghost? Where are the nine when Zoe gets baptized in Jesus' name? Where are the nine when Sunday morning rolls around? Where are the nine? Where are the nine on Monday night prayer? Where are the nine in pre-service prayer? Where are the nine on, on Tuesday morning and Tuesday night when you when you have to open up your, when you're supposed to be open up your Bible and, and reading about the Word of God? Where are the nine when it comes to your personal prayer life? Where are the nine when it comes to your personal worship and praise? Because it's not about what you do here in front of people. It's all about what you're doing in secret. For we don't do stuff in public just to get the glory of man. That's what the Pharisees did. That's what they did. They would stand on the street corner and say, Hey, they'd pray aloud, the Bible says, because they wanted the notoriety of all those passing by. And look what I'm doing, and look how I'm praying. But God is seeking for the nine that says, You know what? I'll turn, and I'll give God thanks. And even if I had to be like that Samaritan and say, Hey, even if the nine go away, I'll still be the one. If nobody sees me praise, I'll still praise if nobody sees me worship, I'll still worship. If nobody's here to pray, I'm still going to pray. If nobody knows that I've read my Bible through this year already, it does not matter because I'm not here to please them. They didn't die for me. They didn't save me. They didn't heal me. They didn't touch me when I was in a car accident. They didn't save me from cancer. They didn't heal me of, of this addiction of drugs or alcohol. But it was Jesus. And to Him I give the glory. To Him I give the praise. To Him I give all of the worship. And to Him deserves all the glory and the honor. Can you begin to magnify God right now? We have so much to praise God for. Can I just tell you, on your worst week, all right, on your worst week, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are blessed. As my wife was going through leukemia, as we were fighting for her life in a hospital at Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona, as we were there fighting uh, uh, after all of these uh, 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 what happened, strokes in, the, in her brain, and she could no longer speak. She could no longer write. She couldn't even go to the bathroom on her own. She couldn't talk. She wrote like a two-year-old or a one-year-old on a piece of notepad paper as we were fighting for her life. I've come to tell you, I was still blessed because I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have no excuse to come into church and not praise God. You have no excuse not to lift your hands. If you've got breath, then you've got the reason to rejoice. Rejoice. God, forgive me for being the nine. God, forgive me for falling into the spirit of the nine. But God, give me the spirit of the one Samaritan that will come and be lifted. Lift up my holy hands. Oh, that will lift up hands of praise. That will lift up a voice of worship. God, help me. Help me, God. Where are the nine? I'm telling you, even in the worst trial of your life, your life is blessed beyond measure. Even when the bank account is negative, you're still blessed beyond measure. I've got to tell you, our family has experienced a whole lot of loss this past, in the past year and a half. A lot of loss, but i lost, but I got to tell you, this, this mom and this daddy's uh, lost uh, a lot of people in their family. But I, if I gave them the mic, they would still say, I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed beyond measure. And God is worthy of the praise. It's just like the enemy to try to steal God's victory from your life. And I'm going to tell you what we do. We give Him the victory when we refuse to praise. We give Him the victory when we make a conscious decision not to pray. I believe what we say is God, we're the nine. And we don't say thank you. And we don't praise God for it. We just say Time to party. I got this party planned after church. Don't plan on coming tonight because I got better things to do. I'm telling you, it's just like the nine. Do not allow the enemy to steal what God has given you. Because I'm going to tell you what, once God gives it to you, it is your responsibility to keep it and to guard it it is not God's opportunity or responsibility once he heals once he blesses once he gives you a victory it is not his responsibility to remain there and just kind of shelter you but it is our responsibility as child of children of God to say God I will I will take care of this I will praise you for this I will magnify you for this am I talking to anybody am I helping anybody today I hope that I am, because I'm telling you today, we cannot have the spirit of the nine. We must have the spirit of that Samaritan leper that goes back to Jesus and says, God, thank you. Thank you. Can I just tell you, I am past due on praise. There are 206 bones in my skeleton supporting me. Right now. But really, it's God holding me up with His everlasting arms. And for this, I give Him the praise. There are 600 muscles in my body right now allowing me to move. But really, it's Jesus Christ that I live and move and have my being. And for this, I give God the praise. You Don't get it wrong. The only way you're able to work, the only way you're able to do what you do, is because the mercy of God. And I'm going to tell you what, sometimes God puts a stop on us to get us back in alignment with Him. We need to be very careful. Because it takes one moment, one snap of the finger and we're in the hospital. With no ability to work, no ability to praise, no ability to worship, no ability to spend time with family. We need to be very careful with what God has given us. Sometimes we treat it so haphazardly. So, in care, we treat everything else with care, but we don't treat what God has given us with care. It's the spirit of the nine. But God is calling for that one. Where's the Samaritan? where is the Samaritan that will give God praise? There are two million optic nerve cells in my eyes right now that are allowing me to see but really it's God that has removed my spiritual blindness and for this I give Him the praise. I have a heart the size of my fist that pumps 10,000 liters of blood every day through my body and there are 60,000 miles of blood vessels in my body right now as I preach but really it's the precious blood of Jesus that gives me life and for this I give him all of the praise. I have a brain whether some people believe it or not I've got a brain weighing about 3 pounds and 1 billion neurons in my central nervous system feeding me thousands of pieces of information every second but really I only need to know that my Redeemer lives and sense that He's here in this place right now I'm telling you the only reason that you are sitting where you are sitting is because God and we ought to give Him the praise because He's worthy of it. When I wake up of a morning We ought to praise Jesus Christ For another day When we come to service We ought to thank God Thank you for another opportunity To be in your service We ought to thank God When pastor calls revival We ought to thank God When we have another church service We ought to thank God Because there's a lot of people at the cemetery in Apache Junction and all over Phoenix and all over the world that they wish they had one more time at an apostolic church. They wish they had one more opportunity to praise God and to give Him the glory. And so I speak to the nine this morning. Get up out of your seat and praise God and be the Samaritan that says thank you Jesus for what you have done. Jesus, 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 my God, my God. Jesus. Jesus. I've been there and I know how it feels. When you hear a message preached or you hear a song being sung, and this flesh would try to convince you that you can't say amen, that you can't lift your hands, that you can't praise. I'm telling you, there are some times that I even preachers preach and we have to tap into something supernatural. Because this flesh wants to say, "Won't you just go a little easy? Won't you? Won't you just? Won't you just do something and get us? Get get them in? Get them out?" But as we begin to preach, and I've I've got eyes, so I've just got to use what God sees. And as you preach, and the power of God begins to fall, and you begin to look upon the crowd, and you begin to look in the spiritual eyes of God, and you see that people are hurting. There There are ten lepers here. There are ten lepers here. Even this morning, I'm telling you, there are some of you that need healing in your body. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. Your family is being torn apart. Your marriage is being torn apart. Uh, your your, your fi- physical health is being uh, deteriorated. Uh, I've come to tell you there's ten lepers this morning uh, that you need something from God. Uh, but God is wondering where's the one at? Uh, where are the nine at? Uh, will you be part of the nine that leave the house of God uh, without magnifying Him, without giving Him the glory? You've got to tap into something in your spirit It says, I will praise God. I will praise God. I will give God the praise because it's in Him. He's the only reason I'm here. He's the only reason I have the ability to work, to praise, to worship, to have fun. I'm telling you. How often we neglect the very one that sustains us. Let's all stand right now. I've got a lot of more scriptures and a whole lot of more notes, but I I feel that God wants to step into this place right now. Perhaps you could just close your eyes and and just focus on the Lord right now and begin to praise Him and magnify God. Psalms 150 and 6 said, Let everything that hath breath... Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. All ten lepers in Luke 17 were cleansed, but only one of them made was made whole, the one who returned to give praise to Jesus. And there are many here today that have been cleansed from sin, but many of those same people are still miserable. Why? Because they don't realize what praise does for the child of God as we enter into the presence of God time after time after time we are too made whole we are literally made into His image when God wanted to create a tree He spoke to the earth That's why a tree cannot exist apart from the soil. When God wanted to create a fish, He spoke to the sea. That's why a fish cannot exist apart from the water. And when God wanted to create man, He spoke to Himself. And that's why man cannot exist apart from the presence of God. That is why we begin to feel dry in our heart. That is why we begin to feel dry in our spirit. Because we have lost our spirit of praise. But I'm asking, where are the nine? I'm one of the nine today because I have fallen into that place, that spirit of the nine that says, God, I heard a great word. I heard a great message. It was a great service, and then I did absolutely nothing with it. I gave God no praise, no honor, no glory. But I'm calling for the nine today who will come with me to an altar of prayer and say, God, renew my praise. Renew my worship. God, I come to give you the glory. I've come to give you the praise. I've come to give you adoration. I've come to thank you for everything that you've done for me. And God, forgive me for ever neglecting the opportunity to thank you for life to thank you for my family. Forgive me for the opportunity that I've had to thank you for my children and my job and my home and my vehicle and my my clothes and, and all the things that you've given. And oh God, forgive me for ever neglecting to thank you for the truth and for the Holy Ghost. And God, I give you all of the praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you have something to be thankful for, won't you lift your hands and lift your voice toward heaven right now and say, God, thank you. Thank you. You didn't have to give it to me, but you did anyhow. You saw how I was going to treat some things, but you gave it to me anyhow. Thank you, God, for trusting me. And God, help me, Lord, to not neglect get me out of the spirit of the nine this morning and get me in alignment with the Samaritan spirit God that will turn away from the nine and fall at the feet of Jesus 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 Come on, God's got something special for somebody. It may not not everybody may not get it, but I, I, because, but anybody who praises God and sincerely begins to worship and sincerely begins to praise, uh, I truly believe in my spirit uh, that something is going to rest upon you this morning uh, because you have decided to come at the feet of Jesus uh, and give him the praise.. Jesus. Jesus, God, I come to you. I fall at your feet in praise and thanks. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. I will see the goodness Come on. Of God. That's all right. You can lift your voice today you can lift your voice you may not know how to pray but i know you know how to thank him lord thank you i praise you i magnify you some of you may be going through a storm and a trial right now i encourage you to throw your hands up and thank god you can be made whole if you'd only praise him you can be made whole. I